Hello and welcome to another episode of the Christian Reeve podcast. Today's guest is a singer, songwriter and poet all the way from London. Her name is Lucy and we are doing for the first time ever a live version of the Christian Reeve podcast. Right now I actually am recording and sharing a live on Instagram. This is really weird but here we are. But the <laughs> So we're doing two things at once. We're doing a new thing here and we're also having the wonderful Lucy on our show. How are you, Lucy? Welcome to the show. Welcome to the Christian Reef podcast. Yeah, thanks very much. Yeah, I'm good, man. Uh, all good. I'm glad that we can make this experience, do this experience together for the first time ever on Instagram as well as recording a podcast. Very exciting times. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where to look. I don't know what I'm doing, but it's good. And we were just talking off camera. Well, we were still on camera, but we were talking about this idea of uh, being out of your comfort zone. And I think it's an important place to be a lot of the time. And actually, what, what are your thoughts on that? What, when you find yourself out of your comfort zone, like where's your kind of, I suppose, sweet spot as far as the comfort zone is concerned? Um, well, I try to push my comfort zone all the time. I mean, what's that kind of mantra? You know, do something that scares you, otherwise you're not going to be able to grow. You know, you're not going to feel any kind of progress. So um, I'm constantly trying to push myself out of my comfort zone because I think that's the only way that you actually learn how to do new stuff as well. Um, and you kind of, yeah, if you don't do it, then you're not going to learn. So, I mean, my comfort zone used to be very small. <laughs> but it's, I've literally, literally just pushed its boundaries every single time, every single time. I mean as an artist, as a, as a creative, you kind of have to do that to be able to find out new stuff about yourself as well. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I think that it's a progressive thing over time. It gets easier and easier and easier, but it's that one of the guests I had on my show recently was talking about this idea of, he called it you stress and de-stress. And basically the idea being that you stress is positive stress. It's a good thing. And de-stress is a bad thing uh but when you ever you feel this little bit of stress on you when you've got a lot of projects on and you feel like can i make this happen can i do this can i do this that's a good that's the sweet spot and then you start slowly working on it and you make it a reality and that's how you figure it out you know yeah definitely i completely understand that feeling that whole oh my god this is, am i going to be able to pull this off because you, i always have these like illusion de grandeurs right where I think like I'm going to, whenever I'm doing a music video, I'm like, great, I can have, I can be in these locations and I can have all these people and all these dancers and all these things that can happen. And it's like, how can I make this happen? And then you have to kind of break it down a little bit, pull yourself back, you know, uh, understand your budget <laughs> for a start. Um, but you, any project, it's always like, am I going to be able to pull this off? Can I make this happen? Um, but when you just concentrate on each little steps so like baby steps and you achieve each one then you get there in the end but you do have that kind of freak out of is it gonna happen what am i gonna you know how's it gonna end up but you manage to get there in the end as long as you can actually see the final goal then you'll get there how the do vision. you yeah no, i get where you're coming from but like how do you approach being sort of critical of yourself like you mentioned being on shoots and stuff so you're like you're authoring that whole process you're in charge of that you've got a team of people working under you so like how do you sort of approach that and be critical of yourself like what's your approach to that um 
Well, I get an idea in my head and just kind of run with it. I mean, when you're working with a team of people, it's always a bit easier because you can kind of bounce ideas off of each other and then see how realistic something is and how achievable something is as well. Um, self-critical, I'm always self-critical. So, um, I mean, if you speak to my videographers or my photographers, I'm constantly, after every, every shoot, every clip, you know, I'll be like, oh, show me it. Let me have a look at, at what's going on as, a, as we're going along um because you've got to make sure that you know you're going to be happy and you don't have a lot of time to do these things so and you it, time costs money so you've got to make sure that you kind of get as much as you can into that time as possible you know yeah that's a, that's a tricky one when you know you've it's been paid by the hour and, and like, i remember the first time i went into a studio many many years ago and um I worked with this amazing producer and I remember the key takeaway that I learned from him was this idea of like anything you put out under your name should be like excellent, always put hundred percent into it. But the key lesson that I learned as a result of that was this kind of thing where we'd be in the studio together and the rest of the band would go home and it would just be me and him till the dying hours of the night. And you know, we wouldn't, we wouldn't even mention the fact that we'd gone over time. I would just stay there. I'd learn from him. We'd work on things. And then one evening I said like, oh, oh, I'm sorry, man. I'm Phil, I think his name was Phil. I was like, I can't afford the extra time. And he's like, listen, this is as much for you as it is for me. Like this work is going out under my name. So it needs to be excellent. And Sometimes you kind of got to go above and you, well, you always have to go above and beyond for your art and what you're doing. And you can't just put out, how can I put this? Like, well, I'll put it bluntly, half-assed stuff. You can't put half-assed stuff out. You need, to, you need to always make sure everything that you did was as good as the last thing you did. It's basically like setting high standards for yourself at all times and like trying to meet that. And that work ethic sort of stayed with me and now whenever I work with other people, that's the expectation I have. And, you know, if, if I find that someone's not at that level, I'm like, okay, I understand. I don't get annoyed, but I'm like, we're just not on the same wavelength as far as like understanding the vision and stuff. Like, for example, take this podcast as an example. Every time I have someone on the show, I would say 99% of the time, people enjoy it people have a good time and and the objective is achieved what's the objective well the objective is to promote the person to get to know the guest to share stories uh you know that's that's kind of f for the guest and also for, for me but it's also about kind of like producing good content and a good show and 99 percent of the time people will be willing and ready to participate they will be in that process, you know, and ready and show up, right? Basically be willing to have a conversation. Okay. Yeah. But some, sometimes people aren't and it's only happened a few times to me, but what it's taught me is to kind of go out of my way to, to do research on people and understand, can this person have a conversation and are they willing to have a conversation? That is key. That is so important. The willingness to have a conversation and going back to what I was saying before, the willingness to work with you to create a vision. Like, yeah, people might be being paid to produce 
this video for you or whatever. But money, as we've seen time after time, is not always really the biggest motivation. You know, you need motivation above that, like passion to create good art and, and really be passionate about everything that you're creating so that the final thing, the final product is something everyone can be proud of, you know? Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, I always want to make sure that anything that I put out, cause it's basically going to be representing you, you are the brand. So anything that goes out under your name, you want to make sure that it's, you know, 100% exactly what you're looking for. Uh, I actually find working on a project, one of the most exciting times in life. Um, it, I absolutely love it. I'm so passionate about what I do. And when I've got an idea and I've got a vision and I can see exactly where I want it to go, the closer I get to that being finished is just awesome. But what I also find, and I've spoken to, um, I've spoken to other artists about this, um, is that after, after you've done like a, a single release, for example, so you've gone through the whole production with that, the actual, the recording, the production, um, and then it comes down to the music video. Um, once it, once all that's out, it's kind of like, oh, you have this shock of, oh, it's done now. And then you're just kind of waiting to see what the results are going to be and what the feedback are going to be from, from your audience, from your target audience, from, from, your, from your friends, your fans, your family, and so on. Um, and lots of artists have said that they have this kind of lull, this like emotional lull, um, where they can get depressed afterwards, you know? Um, and it's like their mental health can be affected. And I think it's because you get so busy and caught up in what you're doing and in your vision. Um, and it is an amazing experience to kind of go through something like that and create something like that, that after it's done, it's, it, it stops, you know, that process stops. And I think that's what it is. And then you're just kind of sitting about like, oh, I did that, but now what? I know exactly what you mean. I, I think it's like, this is why I always make sure that I'm working all the time. What's the next project? What's the next project? I think it's also kind of maybe understand why, for example, actors never stop. You know, you, sometimes you, you hear people say like, oh, they've made all this money. They're super famous. Like, why do they need to keep creating? Well, A, you keep creating because you love what you're doing. But B, I think it's to tackle that. I think it's to like sometimes the best therapy is just working and, and, and keep creating and keep doing what you love. Like, and it's the, the chase of that that's actually the thing that's, uh, I don't know, that keeps you going, I suppose. But I want to kind of talk a little bit more about this mental health angle. Like, um, you've, you've had some struggles, haven't you, over, over the like, course of the last sort of 10 years or so? I think you've documented that a little bit on, yeah. online and stuff. So let's, let's talk about that like, with regards to what you're comfortable talking about. Um, I just want to kind of explore how that's not just affected your life, but also your music as well, like with regards to, you know, committing to projects or, or in between projects or how, how that's actually affected your life and your music? Well, to be honest with you, I mean, uh, it's all my music. It's all my music. Anything that I, I put out, whether it be my music or my poetry, all comes from a very emotive place. So it's, I think it's a bit like therapy. 
Um, and um, I know that there's a lot of writers out there and there's a lot of poets out there that will agree that, you know, kind of writing down all their feelings does help them kind of process it um, and overcome it as well. And it's the exact same thing with music. Um, and I incorporate that in everything that I do. I mean, I'll tell you a funny story. <clears throat> Um, I was meant to go out on a date, right? Okay. I was meant to go on a date with a New Zealand rugby player and I was very, very excited. And, um, and I was going up London and I was, I was up there with some friends and he was meant to be coming and meeting us. And we'd been talking for ages and it was like, Oh, you know, like I'm going to go on a date with this like really famous person and it's going to be amazing. Um, and I spoke to him throughout the day and then he let me down. He let me down, okay? And he never showed. <clears throat> I know, right? I know. Anyway, so I did what any other normal person would probably do uh, in the middle of London with loads of bars and got absolutely hammered. So I got absolutely hammered. I got on loads of tequila. <laughs> shot, 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 shot. Um, and got really upset about it. And then I came back and I wrote a whole song. <laughs> I literally wrote a whole song um, and it's actually quite good so that'll probably come out at some point but it is sad but that's just the way that you kind of process stuff and, and how you deal with it um, it just comes out artistically yeah I mean that, that's spot on I, I think of every good song that I've ever written over the years especially in more recent years has been exactly the same thing where something really horrible happens or you're thinking back to a situation that occurred and you just start writing, you know, and you don't think like, Oh, I'm going to write a song about this and it's going to be huge. You just, you're in pain. You know, sometimes like for me, sometimes I'll, I'll just be feeling like really, really depressed and I just pick up my guitar and I just, just start feeling sorry for myself and I start just playing music. And then I hear, you know, you get that golden moment where you hear something you're like, huh? Okay. All right. Uh huh. Uh huh. And then you start jotting things down, and you well, you're writing down how you feel. You're writing down like, oh, <laughs> and that can be happy, sad, whatever the case may be. And then it takes a life of its own. And then obviously you move past the point of pain, and you you get to the the work point where you start actually going through the process of okay, now this is something tangible. This is a thing that I can use and actually incorporate. And then you know. I think like a lot of the time as a musician, there's, there's a sense of like detachment from the song eventually. Like it'll always mean something to you, but when you sing it and you sing it often all the time, like you, you kind of separate yourself from the song or, you know, you move on with your life. So you're no longer in, in that place in your life. So for example, a good example of this would be like Adele, you know, like all the songs she wrote back in the day were about her real life experiences, real relationships that have been tough, the way those men had treated her and what that did to her mental health and everything in between, you know, and it's, it's sad. And you, and you, you often think like, Oh my God, it's so horrible. This person went through all this and they turned it into something glorious. But I wonder sometimes, is there like a detachment between those feelings or are they still always dormant or so not, I mean to say, are they dormant or, you know, are they still very much real? But I want to ask you about that. Like when you write a song, are you able to sort of detach yourself from those emotions or do you just kind of like let them out when you play live or, or what's your process with regards to that? So um, it's, it's difficult because if you write, if you're writing a song that, you know, you're getting very, very emotional about, I always find that you have to kind of 
sing it and sing it and sing it and sing it and sing it over and over again before you you don't get emotional singing it so for example if i've written a song that's you know um is quite sad and it's it, it comes from a sad place then when i'm when i'm sitting here and you know i'm on my keyboard and so on um i will i'll be crying you know because it, it will be coming from a really raw place um so you have to kind of if you have to rehearse and rehearse and rehearse until you get to a point where you can physically do it and perform in front of people where you're just not, you're not, you know, that emotion isn't affecting you anymore. So I think you can, in answer to your question, I think you can detach like a bit. Um, but I don't think, I don't think that you're completely ever detached from it. Cause the whole point that people will relate to you is that they will feel your emotions. And I mean, it's a beautiful gift to be able to, you know, give over your emotions, let other people feel your emotions and relate to your emotions through musical sound. I just think that's amazing. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And I think that that's why some of the greatest musicians that have ever been and continue to be um, connect with people because they just write straight from the soul like one thing that always kind of resonates with me is you know sometimes you'd be sitting there listening to someone speaking or listening to a song and in that moment you can just you just know that it's real you know that that person is not trying to pull the wool over your eyes it's not a fake story it's a genuine story from a really deep place and it's a special moment and you feel part of that and you can connect with it and it's i can't exactly describe the feeling the, the closest way i could describe it is like sometimes i'll be sitting here doing this podcast listening to people sharing their stories and it, it just hits me you know like the the emotions of it because it's another human being bearing their soul and their experiences and it's beautiful and i think the thing that we always tend to forget that we need to remind each other sometimes is this idea that, you know, we're all connected at the end of the day, whether we want to admit it or not, even our enemies, we're connected to that. Like, I'll give you an example. There's someone at this uh, bar that I like to go to that doesn't like me. And it's unfortunate, you know, I really have tried with this person. Um, the story is basically, I was at the bar one night, and she'd had a lot to drink and she was asking me about my podcast, about various other things. And it just got a bit uncomfortable. You know, it got to a situation where she'd ask me a question, I'd begin answering and then she cut me off and it just kept happening. And there were a few moments where, you know, I said, do you think you know me or something? Do you have a problem with me? Like I, I asked and I was, I was a little bit annoyed. I was like, what, you don't know me, but you seem as though you know me. Go on, tell me what you know, you know, tell me if you know me so well, tell, tell me, you know, cause I thought maybe she thought I was like pompous or something. I don't really know. Anyway, she decided in that moment that she doesn't like me anymore. And that's fine. You don't have to like everyone. I don't expect to be liked by everyone, but here's the thing we both hang out at the same spots you see the same faces right and for a while we hadn't spoken or acknowledged each other or anything and then 
last night I was out having fun and I saw her on her own and I decided to go and clear the air and you know I'd not done anything wrong in this situation at all and other people like the, the barman that was there the whole night when she was like that with me had had a word with her about her behavior and it was uncomfortable for me to learn that because I was like, well, I didn't ask you to do that. And, you know, we're not we're not at school anymore. We're, we're adults. You know, this is it's awkward. Yeah, it's awkward when when and especially when you have to tell like a fully grown adult, you know, to change their behavior. But I had no part in that. And I don't know whether maybe she thinks that I asked them to say something. I, I don't even pretend to know. Right. But the point, the reason I bring up this story is I went up to this person and, you know, I tried to clear the air and say, hey, listen, you know, I know. And the first thing she did, as soon as I spoke to her, she just like starts flipping the bird at me. Like, you know, like just poking. The, like, I was like, this is so childish. This is so child. And it's surreal being in that moment. And I'm just like, okay, just ignore it. I was like, listen, like, let's try and clear the air. Because what I was going to say was, we we go to the same places we don't have to be friends but like let's maybe clear the air you know like let's get on and she's basically just threatened to get me barred and all this and i quickly realized that no, i'm not going to keep pressing this because i don't want to distress this person but it is what it is and you get these uncomfortable moments in life sometimes and what can you do what can you do you just have to kind of do your best and and just work with that you know and there's there's not much more you can really say or do with response to that you just you do what you can yeah <clears throat> i mean i've i've had a a, a similar situation so um I'm, I'm i'm probably gonna overshare slightly now but <laughs> i uh, i had a situation where uh somebody uh somebody put something in my drink yeah so down at the local pub yeah and they um uh, and to this day, they deny it, but you know your own body, right? And every time that I go down to this local pub, this person will appear. And and I'll say to people, I'll say to the, the people that I'm with, my friends, I'll say to them, like, I don't, I don't want to be here anymore. I want to leave. I don't want to be in the same place as this person. And they'll say, look, they're here. You can't do anything about it as much as you'd want to. Otherwise, the police would probably get involved. Anyway, um, but you've got to deal with the situation. Now, I've thought many times about approaching this person. They did once try to talk to me, and I told them where to go in a not very nice way. Um, but it's sometimes life kind of throws you in situations that you're extremely uncomfortable with. Um, and as much as I... I'm going to say my next point, obviously it's not acceptable for what I'm speaking about, but you have to kind of learn from these situations and how to deal with these situations to the best of your ability. And ultimately it does make you stronger as a person to be able to cope with something like that. I mean, obviously I'm talking in a little bit more of an extremity, um, but these things do happen. <laughs> You know, it's it's ironic because um, I have the, the exact same experience where every time they're there, I feel uncomfortable 
and I tell people that I'm like I told the guys that I was with last night I was like you know because we paid to get into this particular place and he was like hey how you doing and I'm just like well you know I hope you're because it was his birthday a few days before so I was like I hope you're having a good time I'm okay except that this person is here and I explained that I'd you know it was uncomfortable for me to go up to this person and clear and clear the air even though I've not done anything wrong it was uncomfortable for me to do that and they just you know pushed me away in a really horrible way and no, I don't want to sound like a victim or something, but like, I'm a pretty sensitive guy. I take stuff like that to heart and I want to get on with people. I really do. You know, and I accept that I'm not going to be everyone's cup of tea. I get that. But like, if you're going to dislike me, shouldn't it be for like a genuine reason? Not just because you got too drunk and were horrible to me and then you got told off for it. And now you've decided that I'm public enemy number one. I don't know what she says to people, but it's like, and the point is here because i don't want to get off track the point is like and it's the same as what you're going through every time you go to this place you want to have a good time you want to enjoy yourself that's why you're there and that person's presence means that you can't enjoy yourself unfortunately because and it doesn't matter you the greatest thing could be going on it could be like the kick-ass band you know you're with all your friends guys chatting you up or whatever like everything's great right but you still you like see them or feel their presence in the corner of the room and, and you just can't get your head off uh, off that and it's like it drives you nuts it really does and i, t- I totally get where you're coming from and but yeah let's take it in a more positive route like i think it's you're right about this this concept of working through these difficult things like i look at it as a as a lesson i try to say okay what what's the lesson to learn here i think it's the lesson is to learn how to deal with maybe people that don't like you or people have a problem with you how to manage that in a in a mature way that's just my personal one perhaps for you it's i don't know like just being careful around certain people i mean i don't know it's it's a tricky one isn't it it's that like what's there's many lessons you could learn there but um but it's ironic we're going through the same thing now and it's 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 difficult to navigate it's difficult to know what the right thing is and one thing i'm happy about now is that i've done everything i could do to fix this situation like i've i've done i'm happy in the knowledge that i've done everything i can do and now I just put it up to fate, you know, whatever happens, happens. And sometimes life fixes things. Sometimes it doesn't. And you just have to work for it and move forward. That's life. But um, it's interesting. But anyway, let's get back to you. Because we've gone, wow, we've really gone in like just in such a random direction here. Um, I want to talk about your music and how I want to talk about your journey, your musical journey. How did you get into music and become a musician? Where did it all begin? Talk us through that journey. Uh, Well, I've always been into music ever since I was younger, which is going to be the standard kind of story that you'll get from any musician in the whole entire universe. Um, I was, um, I started writing poetry and then I started writing songs. Um, I was in, I was always in kind of a musicals and uh, always on the stage and my family were very kind of big into music as well. So there was, there was always, you know, a tune that was playing somewhere or somebody singing down the corridor. Um, And uh, it it was always just a part of my life. And I can remember 
watching um here you go we're gonna take you back now watching top of the pops and uh you know watching uh like whitney houston and um you know loads of other stars on stage and just thinking like you know that's kind of that's really where i want to be that's that's what i want to do um and again it just it's just being able to connect with your audience emotionally through musical sound is just just uh, it just blows my mind how we are actually capable to do something like that but yeah i've done it ever since i was a kid really um and um and it's just meeting the right kind of people and getting involved in the right kind of people but also about having the right kind of guidance yeah, I've noticed actually that you, you've been getting some traction. You've um, you've, been, you've appeared on like BBC Radio London, and I think what's the name of it? Amazing Radio, Amazing Radio. Yeah. Uh, so you you've been on like a, a few different channels here and there, and you're picking up a following. Obviously, we've got Instagram in the background here. I can see people popping in. I'm not ignoring you, by the way. Um, there's people coming in. You got a following. You got people supporting you, and they like what you're about. But if you had to kind of define what you're about in a nutshell like what's your story like what what's the key message you're trying to send with your music what would it be probably that you're not alone and that other people have experienced what you're going through um that you can be strong and you can overcome anything that it's okay to be yourself and to feel how you feel it's all right to feel sad just as long as you pull yourself up so you can drop to the floor but if we're at the floor, there's always one place to go and that's going to be up. Yeah, I always try to put like a positive spin um, on all of my music. There's always an element of freedom, of self-love and just trying to build up other people as much as I can through my own personal experience. I mean, when, um, when, I, when I released my second single, Control, um, and that's ultimately about um, getting through and leaving a very abusive relationship um, where you have been stripped of your own personality and everything that would make you you. And then becoming free to actually be yourself again. And I actually had so many people that connected with me and, and you know slid into my DMs and were saying, I've been there. I relate with this so much, you know, thank you so much. Or I'm going through this at the moment. Thank you so much for, for, for releasing this. You, you know, your, your music's actually really helped me so that I don't feel so alone. And to know that there is a way out of these things where I can actually, you know, I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. This isn't where I'm going to be forever. So I've been, the victim of similar situation as well. And I think there's a lot of people listening that will benefit from understanding like what kind, what kind of steps do you have to take and how did you sort of walk away from that situation? Cause that's not an easy situation when someone's controlling you and stuff. Cause you know, and I've been in a situation myself where you weirdly convince yourself that somehow what they're saying to you is right even though it's not you convince yourself it's like a, you're like almost like they gaslight you but you also gaslight yourself in a, in a weird kind of way um and i just wanted to kind of know like how you got the strength to just finally say like no this is it i'm done and and walk away because i think a lot of people out there 
might be in those type of relationships or you know they're, they're trying to find a way out and they benefit from knowing and obviously listening to your music is a, is a good help but like hearing you sort of tell your story a little bit I think might help people uh, so what what you know advice could you give to people who are in those sort of controlling relationships I think I think the hardest part of it is people actually recognizing that they're in one um, because you don't always notice that because usually when you're in a relationship with somebody like that, they're usually narcissistic, um, which means that they will bring you up and then they will throw you down. So one minute you're like, oh, they love me. And then the next minute you're like, you know, they absolutely hate me. And I'm, I'm the disgusting human being that they're, that they're trying to make me out to be. So it, they have to be open to it and they have to recognize it. Now, in some situations, especially when people say, well, why don't they just leave? Um, the reason that they can't just leave is because they're not recognizing what the actual situation is that they're in. But I, what I would say to people who do recognize the situation they're in that, you know, if, if you are not happy, if the relationship that you are in is not serving your happiness, you can walk away. And it can be as easy as that. Talk to somebody, talk to a friend, confide, confide in your family. Then there should be somebody there that you should be able to lean on. You know, there are, there are helplines, there are, you know, telephone numbers that you can use. There are charities that you can speak to. You will be there with you every single step of the way to be able to, to, to make your transition and you can be happy again. You can be you. And it seems like a really scary thought because these people that you're with make you feel like you are so dependent on them and that without them, your life will fall apart and you, you won't be able to live, you know, um, now it might be that they control your money. Uh, it might be that they are controlling you mentally, but you can find a way out of it and there are ways to deal with it. And I'm living proof. There are so many people that have done it. You can definitely do it. It's achievable. Yeah. I, I props to you like well done for getting out of that situation i know i know how hard it is i've i've been on the receiving end myself and it's 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 difficult um and i, I don't think yeah when, when people i mean what you were saying before about people saying oh just walk away it's easy it's like it's not easy that's the whole point if it were that easy you would have walked away years ago or months ago or, you know whatever the case may be um and, you know, I mean, in a weird way, like even though we're in situations like that, we still love the person as well. So there's that element to it. And it's it's like, you know, like I, I remember once I wrote a song um, called The Idea of You. And the intention was more just like falling in love with the idea of a person. But you know what? Like when I think about that more, that concept, it really rings true. Like I imagine you probably had the same thing when you were in that relationship as, as I did, where you see the person totally differently. And you almost like, in a weird way, choose to ignore the things that are staring you in the face. That are and like, it doesn't matter how many times your friends and family tell you like, listen, <laughs> this person's not good for you. They're not, they're just, they're not, they're not right for you. This is what they're doing, but you don't see it. Like I remember one time I was with this, this person and I brought them to meet my family and my dad, took me aside and he said what are you doing and I was like well, what do you mean and he's like 
every time you speak, you turn and look at her for approval and, and like, wait. And then you look back, like, what's going on here? And I was like, what? And I, I tried to like pretend like, oh, that's not happening. But deep down, I knew exactly what he meant because I did it all the time. And I just didn't know. I, I always kind of, in my head, I always thought it'll get better. It'll get better. We'll work through this. It'll get better. And it, it never did because that's not how it works. If you're with someone like that, they don't want to change. You know, they don't envision that they have a problem and that's their battle. Like I'm not, you know, everyone, the way I look at life is that we're all going on journeys ourselves and all our journeys are different. And I, I wish everyone well, even people that haven't liked me in the past or enemies or whatever, I wish everyone well, because life is life is difficult man life is tough and a lot of the time the toughest thing that you're dealing with is what's going on in your own head you know and it's hard and it's heartbreaking and i i wish everyone the best because i truly believe that all of us are trying to survive each and every day and sometimes you know we have these great successes and we, and, and this is another thing as well. Whenever I see someone is successful, I really like to celebrate that now. And I really like to make a big fuss at them and, and just make them feel special because I know that feeling of like not feeling special about yourself, not feeling good about yourself, doubting yourself, feeling terrible. And when you're in a relationship like the one you mentioned, that's just gone. You just, it takes away all of that and you're no longer who you are anymore. And I think when you get to that moment, that's when you know, you know, you need to make a change. You need to change something to become the person you are again. And that's what's amazing about your story, Lucy, is that like from an outsider's perspective, looking in, when I was doing my research on you, I was looking at everything and I was like, okay, I get it. This person's had some like really tough, challenging life experiences and they've chosen, you know, to put that into music, but like, you're not coming at it from a like and i'm not saying i don't think anyone really does this do they do they like on a professional level like come across as a victim like a lot of the time people take it and they choose to use it and go no this is an empowerment thing you know i want to you know inspire you i mean you describe yourself in media as a survivor and that's quite a powerful word that's like a a buzzword that gets people's attention. It's like survivor, survivor of what? People ask questions. They want to know more. There's an intrigue and that's by design. But when they then learn what you went through and how you came out the other side of it, it's like, oh, I see. So it's, it's like she's trying to build this story and this is what I'm supposed to learn from this. And with what you, regards to, to what you were saying before about the way you write songs, I do the same thing. Like if there's a sad song try to give a positive spin like it's not all doom and gloom there's some silver lining in all of this you know and um that actually brings me on to the next thing that i wanted to talk about which is you did this photo shoot right which i thought was incredible like i just saw it and i just thought it was like kick-ass was, you know like it's basically um for those who haven't seen it lucy's like semi-nude in like what looks like a I don't know, like a junkyard or something like that. It's quite like a cool, like rock and roll type deal. And, and like, I think in one of the photos, you've got like a leather jacket slung over one shoulder, something like that. It, it was just a cool vibe. And then, yeah, I looked at the caption and I saw like there's a backstory to this. And this is like a, a deeply personal moment for you. And um, 
I just wanted to talk a little bit about what led up to that photo because I noticed that you said you didn't post it straight away you were sitting on these photos and I wanted to kind of know what did that photo shoot mean to you what did it represent and just talk to us a little bit about the build-up to that okay so that was um <clears throat> that was actually a project uh, that I was working on with uh, my photographer uh, Roman um called Acid and the concept of that is finding beauty in broken things. Yeah. So, which was quite apt actually for me to be on it. So <laughs> um, that photo wasn't meant to happen. That photo wasn't planned. Uh, there are some others that may not, I may not ever post, uh, but that particular one wasn't meant to happen. And I said to him, I said, I want to do it. I said, I want a photo. I said, you know, where it's artistic, but I'm showing me the raw side of me, the vulnerable side of me, you know, the rocky side of me. And I, and I want to, I want to do this shot. And he said, well, you know, if that's what you want to do, then let's let's just do it. He's, he's very good. We, we bounce off each other really, really well. Um, so he's great to have on a project. Um, and I didn't know how it was going to turn out, to be honest. But that was me coming out of my comfort zone, just coming back to that. And I really pushed myself for that. And it was a freezing cold day, right? It was a freezing cold day. It had been raining. There was mud everywhere. I had these shoes that I couldn't walk in. So they had to be put on me. And I was just kind of standing around like a bit of a puppet. Um, and then when, the, when the, I looked at the photo, you have that kind of moment of, is, is my body all right? Am I happy with this photo? You know, am I happy with me? You kind of get that, um, it's like that second person in your head or that imposter syndrome, which people often talk about, where it's like you have this, this extra person that's telling you that, you know, you're not beautiful or your, your body isn't good enough or you don't look like all the other Instagram girls and all that kind of stuff. So I kind of sat on this photo for quite some time. And then I just thought to myself, you know what? This is me and this is my body and this is what God has given me. Okay, this is what I've been, I've been born with and there's nothing that I can do about this. So I'm just going to embrace me. And the other reason that I was having difficulty to posting it is because of people's reactions because something like this going out on social media um you are bound to be getting some kind of feedback that's not going to be positive right i mean it happens very much so more on tiktok there's loads of trolls on tiktok not so much on instagram facebook is pretty bad but i was actually more worried about the people i knew than the people i didn't know I can handle people I don't know saying something that's a bit negative or being critical that I can deal with as, as an artist, as a musician, when you are, when you choose this kind of lifestyle, this kind of um, career, you have to get used to rejection. It's the same for, for like actors as well. So anybody who gives kind of like that negative feedback, you can just kind of be like, right, okay, you know, whatever, if there is a part of it that you can take on board, then you do so. But when it comes down to kind of friends and family, people can get judgmental and they can get very, very jealous. Um, 
and they will talk about it. So I was a bit more worried about that, if I'm honest with you. So then when I decided to post it, I have to say it was like the best feeling. It was a really, really good feeling because it was just like a real kind of F you. This is me. I'm going to do what I want to do. And I don't care what you think. I'm just going to embrace this moment. And you know what? When I become old and I'm like 85 or I'm 90 years old, if I live that long, you know, I'm going to, I'm not going to look back and go, oh my God, look what, look what I did. How could I have got my body out in front of all those people or, um, you know, oh, what, what about my, I'm just going to sit back and I'm going to go, do you know what? Good for you, past Lucy. Well done for what you've done. You actually look amazing. And I actually probably will miss having that body at that point. So, <laughs> so it's just going to be a case of like, you know, I'm glad I've done that, but it's just getting over that point of that anxiety and worrying about what other people think, you know? What steps do you take to actually overcome that though because here's the thing you're someone that bears the soul you, you, you know you kind of like heart on your sleeve kind of thing right which i totally relate to and i know that part of the answer is going to be obviously well you know i deal with it front head on you know i get that i do the same but are there any particular steps that you kind of take things that you do to sort of get yourself in that position where you're able to to kind of handle that and stuff because that voice in the back of your head you know it, it, it's hard you know I've spoken to people before on the show about imposter syndrome and and you know the difficulty of critics and and everything but like are there particular things that you do to help yourself get to that point uh, or maybe mantras things that you tell yourself any tips and tricks yeah ignore 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 <laughs> I completely ignore it and I put it to the back of my mind. I think it through as well. So I'll be thinking to myself, okay, so what are the reasons? Why am I feeling negative about it? Let's, let's embrace the negativity and let's explore it. So what are the reasons that I'm feeling like that? In reality, how long are people going to be thinking about it? Probably never. It's one of those things like, you know, when you've had a past situation, yeah, and it might have been like super embarrassing. And you kind of think back to that moment and it makes you cringe and you're like, oh, you know, it was what a horrible situation it was. And you sit back and you might even grab your face and be like, I can't believe that happened, you know. But that other person that's involved in that isn't thinking about you. The only person that's thinking about you is you. So you're the only one that's having, your, having a thought and it is literally just a thought. As soon as you remove that thought and that mindset, then you're free to do whatever you like. So explore the thoughts, ignore the thoughts. <laughs> and uh, just one question off the back of the, uh, the photo shoot stuff. What, what advice could you give to people struggling with body confidence issues? Go and have a photo shoot. I was thinking about this the other day and I was literally thinking, you know what, the best way to be able to do this stuff and uh, to overcome how you're feeling about your body and your appearance is to go and have a photo shoot have a photo shoot make yourself feel good um it's it it can be a, a difficult thing if we're talking about kind of like body dysmorphia that's a different kind of subject because where you've got people who will look at themselves and they cannot see anything nice looking back at them and that's that's something that um, you would overcome with some help 
So whether it be like a counselor or a psychologist, <clears throat> but what the psychologist will tell you to do is to take photos of yourself daily. That's a therapy that they use to get over it, which is quite interesting. But what I would say is if you're not feeling good about yourself, go, go and treat yourself, be kind to yourself, have a photo shoot done um, and you will feel better about yourself. And you don't need a professional. You don't need a professional nowadays to be able to do that. So it can be affordable to everyone. But if you're feeling bad about yourself, be kind to yourself and treat yourself and just don't care about what anybody else thinks. I love your really positive attitude. I really, it's very infectious. And I think it's an important thing to have. You know, I think sometimes people think that positivity in general is, you know, sometimes it can be over the top. Like I remember back in the day when, whenever you'd meet someone that's like really positive and bubbly and, and someone would say like, Oh, I don't like that. It's too much. And, and I understood that, but then over the years, especially like going through hard times you kind of realize just how important that is and people like that are, you need that, especially when it's difficult for you to f appreciate the positive moments and find the positivity in life. You need bubbly, positive people. And the irony is the people that are the most positive I've found, I've often had like the most difficult lives. Like they, and I th it's like a conscious choice to choose to be positive in the face of hard times because it would be very easy and you'd be within your rights to just be like miserable all the time and hate the world and stuff and but it's a choice you choose to be positive and i just i just think it's incredible i just i just wanted to take a minute to to applaud you for that i think i think that's fantastic i do have my bad days <laughs> i'm not positive all the time but I mean, it's, I think, do you know what? I think the whole experience like through lockdown really taught me that where I was kind of locked in by myself and it just taught me that my mindset is literally controlled by myself. Um, so I, I've got a choice. I can either sit around and I can mope and I can be really, really, really miserable, which will just continue forever. Or I can try and make something a little bit more positive out of it and, uh, and, and try and make my mindset better, really. When you look over the course of your music career so far, what have been the most memorable moments and experiences? Wow. Okay. So there are, there's, there's different points of, of where you get to on your journey that you'll always remember. So I remember like my first interview on, on BBC radio London. That was, that was amazing. God, I was so nervous. I was so nervous. I was literally pacing around my studio with my with my headphones in you know they obviously couldn't see me because it's radio if they could see me i would have just been a bit of a wreck um uh, but that was pretty cool um gigging and on on greek street in um in a bar on geek street uh, on greek street i'll get there in a minute uh where amy winehouse was founded that was pretty cool um that was like my first proper solo gig um so much so that the, the the gentleman who runs the bar is a painter and he had painted amy so 
I walked away with a massive oil painting of Amy, Amy Winehouse as well. And she's, she's a legend to me, you know, cause she, she went through some really, really hard times and she used it in her music. And it's a shame that she's not here anymore, you know, because I think she had so much more to give, but that was a really cool moment too. Um, and I'm just hoping that there's going to be so many more. One day I'll turn around and say, yeah, I played at this, this really cool festival. That's, that's one that I'm really looking forward to do. So that's, that's kind of the goal is to go like huge with this. Like, cause that was going to be my next question. What are your, I suppose your main goals. And also I want to know where you sit on the whole label versus independent situation as well. Cause a lot of musicians I'm finding, especially the ones I've spoken to tend to be leaning more towards the independent route. Uh, cause now it's actually becoming a viable option and some uh rappers i think and musicians have actually successfully made a go at it independent it's hard um because obviously a label can give you so much as far as like access to resources and stuff like that um but now a lot of people are just opting to go for say like distribution deals and stuff like that but where do you sit on that whole situation well i mean record labels do really help you out because they have money and uh, when you're an independent, you have to then find this money from nowhere. And it costs a lot. <laughs> it costs a lot of money. It costs a lot of money for production. It depends how many musicians you have involved in it as well. You've got the producer fees on top of that. You've got studio fees. If you need that, sometimes you don't always need that. Um, <clears throat> and then on top of that, excuse me you've then got your videographers and everything else that's involved the most the most uh expensive part in the process is actually promotion it's the promotional part and the, the pr uh that's the most expensive part and if you're somebody who is independent who you know usually you have to work like maybe two or three jobs to be able to um afford this kind of stuff because it's difficult because you have to you have to work a lot to be able to get the money to do what you want to do but then you also need that time to be able to be creative so if you're going with a record label <clears throat> and they're paying for it then that's great but the problem is if you don't sell those records you have to pay them back that money and you'll be landed with a big fat hairy bill at the end of it i know somebody that was um left with a fifty thousand pound bill at the end of it because of the contract that they signed. And uh, fortunately enough, um, they knew somebody that helped them get out of it. Um, but you know, that can happen. So, I mean, there's, there's pluses on both of them. I mean, I would quite like to work with a record label to experience it. Um, just because I know that the videos would be absolutely amazing as well. All the things, all these illusions to grandeur that I have in my mind of how I want things to go would be far more achievable if I had somebody backing me. Plus they have the resources of the, the promo companies uh, and the PR too. Um, and, but it just comes down to how much money you have to how far you can go. The other thing about being independent um, is that you're in control of your journey and your music. So if you want to put something out, you can put it out. You know, it's not dependent on anybody else kind of saying yes or no. It just has to be good. It just has to be good. It has to be relatable and it has to have a kind of a buzz to it. Um, 
if uh, you're with a record label, they can be quite strict and they'll tell you that they want you to do a certain kind of thing or they'll get other people that will be involved in that too. So they might bring in some other um, producers or, or writers on it as well. And if you're somebody that likes to write from your heart, like I write from my heart, I'm, I'm an emotive person. So um, however I'm feeling will come out on paper and it'll come out through sound. Um, if you've got somebody that's giving you something and saying, right, you need to sing this, you need to complete this with this feeling. It's a bit like, well, I can't connect to it. I don't know what I'm singing. And if I can't connect to it, how am I going to expect my audience to connect to, to, to this art? Cause it's not my art then I'm not being true to myself. So it, that's a, that's a difficult one. So I, I like being independent, but I could use the help of a, of a record label for sure. <laughs> oh, I, th I think it's a, it's a great perspective to have on it because as much as it's easy to dog on labels and, and such, they, they can offer you a lot of resources that aren't otherwise immediately accessible. And that can change your position overnight. And see, the funny thing is as well, once you've just got a little bit of attention that's it. Like you can work with that. You can push with that, you know, but it's getting that initial attention. That's hard. That's really hard. You know, it's like somehow you got to click with people, you know, and you can be doing it for years and years and years and years and years. And then one day it just clicks, you know, and it takes off and you see it all the time. I've, I've seen it happen to friends of mine and it's, it's amazing to see. And especially when you know them, cause you know, the journey they've been through to get to that, level and you hear that term like overnight success but there's no such thing it's like it, in you will but you can become a success overnight but like the reality is there's been many 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 years of hard work behind that to get to that point where there's potentially an opportunity but uh yeah no i i wish you the best on that i, I think you're a very talented musician and i have no doubt that you'll get signed up or you know even if you choose to do just do it your own way like i think at the end of the day people resonate with with the stuff that you talk about and you know you, that much is clear from like the following you have and the support you have and and just like the confidence you have in yourself like that's an amazing thing to see because confidence in general i know some people find it threatening some people find it intimidating some people will accuse you of being arrogant or narcissistic for having confidence. And I think sometimes people get the two mixed up. Like when you're narcissistic or arrogant, that means you think you're better than other people or you have a too high opinion, but being confident has nothing to do with that. Being confident is just believing in yourself and going through with things, you know, and, 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 and it's hard. It's like what we were talking about before with the imposter syndrome thing that never goes away. Like, I mean, I can't speak for yourself, but for me, it's like a constant battle where I'm always doubting myself. I constantly think everything I do is terrible, but I just put it out anyway. I just keep doing it, you know, and occasionally you see people say like, this is really good. I really enjoyed this. This was really good. And that makes me feel better. And it, it helps, you know, but it's, it's a process and it's continuous. And I just think anytime you see someone who has confidence in, in themselves, I look at that and I say, that's a person who's worked hard hard to get to that point where they can be that way and it's it's an ongoing thing and it's just incredible to see so i, I wish you real the best with with your music you really deserve it um 
a couple of final questions while we end at least the official podcast but we might have some questions afterwards if uh, lucy's willing to to continue the live after the actual podcast but i'm going to finish my thing first and then i'll pay attention to you guys <laughs> um what's the best advice you've ever received oh god there has been so much i mean you've you've left that really open <laughs> You know, what, what are we talking about? Best advice that I think I have ever received um, is do the things that scare you. Do the things that scare you. And every time I'm going to do something new that I haven't experienced before, and whenever I get that real fear of, and it might even be that I'm meeting up with to go on a date with somebody, or it might be that I'm just going somewhere new that makes makes me a bit anxious, or I'm starting a new project, or I'm talking to a new radio station, or something like that. And I just think, if it's scaring me, I know I'm on the right path because I know that I'm growing. So it's do the things that scare you. Incredible advice, yeah, incredible. <laughs> Uh, slightly different question, but the same theme, but from your life. What's the biggest life lesson you've learned so far? Wow. The biggest life lesson. Oh, there's been so many. Probably. Probably that. Oh, that's so hard. Probably that um, you don't need everybody to love you. Probably that you don't need everybody to love you and that that's okay. And I think that's a really hard life lesson because I think that when you're growing up, I think you're thrown into this, um, this kind of where you just have to achieve you always have to achieve ever since your child you've always got to achieve you've got to overachieve. you've got to you've got to pass these tests you've got to be this particular kind of person you have to look a certain way um and that there's there's all these kind of pressures you know and then what comes along with that is that you're kind of told that if you do act these certain ways and you invoke these uh opinions that everybody else does or whatever then you're immediately going to be accepted by everybody else in society and everybody's going to like you so then when that doesn't happen it's a real shock to your system because you're just kind of running about the world thinking like yeah everyone's gonna like me because i'm doing exactly what everybody else does and that's not the case and i think it's it's knowing that you know it's don't expect everybody to like you that's cool that's okay that's absolutely all right in fact, embrace it, <laughs> embrace it and use it. You don't need everybody to like you and that's cool. It might suck, but you'll get over it and you'll be stronger for it. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I needed to hear that as well, but particularly what I told you earlier. And it's because I, I don't like it too. Like when, when, when I find people don't like me, it's like, oh, oh, why? Like, you know, but it's, come on, look, we're, we're all different human beings. Sometimes you just rub each other the wrong way. Like there's just an annoying thing you can't get over or, or you have a particular perception of this person and you, and you can't, 
get that out of your head you know and i think you you raise a really good point as well just in general about this this concept of not being a people pleaser i've seen people that do that or have done that and what it does to them it's damaging it's takes a lot of your energy and it stops it prevents you from being all that you can be because you're so focused on other people and like, oh, I hope they like what I say and I hope they like this and I hope that, that. And it's like, I, th I feel in many ways, like with what we've chosen to do in life, our particular career paths and everything, it's like, we've already made that conscious decision to say, you know what, it's okay if people don't like us. Because that's, that's part and parcel of, of all of this. You know, I know that there's people that probably listen to my podcast or see me do these things and think, I wish that guy would shut up. I don't like anything he says. He sucks. And that's fine. And you're totally entitled to that opinion. You know, I have opinions about people. It's, it's, what, it's what makes us human, you know? But at the same time, the point you made is, is really important. You have to kind of reconcile that with yourself and have that conversation with yourself and accept it and be like, this is just part of life. And it's okay. <laughs> like you said, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I, I always go by the rule of if most people dislike you, you probably need to change. Like if most people are like, have a problem with you and you keep hearing the same thing again, that's something you need to work on. But if it's like one person in like 50, come on, you know, if you're getting on with everyone else, then it's probably all right. You know, you, you just you can't be friends with everyone that's that's the reality of the situation yeah but do you know what right okay right you need those negative nancy's in your life to be able to to make you a bit stronger and to just turn around and go actually no i'm not going to listen to you and just be this complete anarchist do you know what i mean just be like no i'm not having it i'm not having it uh, it's really a fresh, refreshing that you choose to embrace it. I, I, I really like that. I think that's something... Well, I mean, to be honest, I, I feel like there's been a lot of takeaways from this conversation that, that, that people will look at and be like, I can take this, I can take this, I can take this. But I think the biggest thing that, in, in terms of your message that you offer to people, is you, you're giving people hope and belief that they can be the best version of themselves and not have to worry about what other people think you know it's like you're very confident in yourself and you've accepted that and you've embraced that and as a result people resonate with that that's why i think that's why people like you a lot because they're like i like that this person's real they bear their soul but they're unapologetic they're like this is me this is who i am take it or leave it and it's, it's a good message to have we have to embrace who we are we have to work on ourselves all the time and, and be better and you know, we're going to make mistakes and we, we have to work through those and accept them and own them and then move forward. But fundamentally, we have to accept who we are at our core and fully embrace that. And, and I think you've done that successfully. And it's, it's just really amazing to see, to be honest. Uh, as we draw things to a close for this podcast, do you have any upcoming projects or some final thoughts that you'd like to share with our listeners? So I am currently working on my third single, fourth single, 
forgot one then. Uh, I've got my fourth single, which is going to be coming out. I'm just working on a uh, waiting for the guitar rift to appear. Um, and then that's going to be coming out and I'm going to be starting that project. So that should happen um, hopefully in the next kind of couple of months. I'm giving it. Um, I've also got a children's book that I am <laughs> I've written uh, that I am that's another project so that's going to be coming out at some point this year as well um where that's going to be that's right at the beginning I'm looking for an illustrator at the moment so uh, so that's project's going to be coming out uh, I've also got a art photography book which I am hoping to get out as well so there are there, there's quite a few things that I, I'm planning at the moment that's it's all just kind of at the beginning but it's it's all really really super exciting stuff um and maybe some other bits and bobs as well but that hasn't been decided just yet but there's some gigs coming up too so you guys can all come into my gigs if you check me out on all my socials so you'll be able to find it on there Excellent. Well, I wish you the best of luck with all of those things. That's really exciting news. Very happy for you. And uh, yeah, I just want to say uh, absolutely a massive thank you for being on the show. It's been a real pleasure speaking with you and, and just just tapping into your mindset. You know, like I keep saying this, I, I, this must feel like a dead record right now for anyone that listens to the podcast. But look, I love having conversations with people and hearing about their life stories and learning from them. And it's inspiring. It really is. And I think that anyone listening to this will be inspired by it, by your message, by what you're doing. And hopefully will have the confidence within themselves to pursue what they want to pursue in life, you know, and, and have confidence in general. And I think it's just a really fantastic thing to see. And it's been a real pleasure talking to you. So I just wanted to say thank you for being on the show. You're so welcome. You're so welcome. Um, we can do it again sometime if you like, maybe a bit further down in the year, we can have a catch up. But thanks so much for having me on. It's been awesome. I enjoy talking with you. An absolute pleasure. And as always, to my listeners of the Christian Reed podcast, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. Be safe, be well. And I'll see you in the next one.